Welcome to the Girls Leap Podcast, your resource to learn, earn, advance, and profit in your business. This podcast is for every woman entrepreneur who's aspiring to not only start a business, but grow exponentially. Subscribe now to receive amazing resources from high-performance leaders and continue listening to find out how you can get tips to take your business to the next level. Now, here's your host, Gloria Ward. Welcome to another Girls Leap Podcast, ladies. My name is Gloria Ward, and I am the founder of this amazing platform. And today I sit down with the CEO of the Student Doctor LLC, Miss Sonia Lewis. Now, what's interesting about Sonia is that she is considered the people's expert for all matters related to student loan debt repayment. She has over nine years of practical higher education and financial aid experience. Now, the Student Loan Doctor LLC, which is her company, has been recognized as the first African-American woman-owned student loan repayment company in the country. We sat down and we talked about just all of the amazing things that she's doing, how she is helping out people repay their loans, and also how she was actually received a citation by the city of Philadelphia because of the business impact within the Philadelphia community. We gotta give it up to this lady. She has been doing so many good things in the community and she's really helping people get to the next level, not only personally, but in business by being able to take care of those personal things like our student loans. So please take notes and here is Miss Sonia Lewis. Sonia Lewis, thank you so much for being here on Girls Leap. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk with you today. I know. Now, it's a it's a good thing to talk to you. Student loan doctor. Mm-hmm. I know I got student loans from way back in uh, when I got in college. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm still on my uh, repayment plan. Right. Uh, and I know that there's a lot of people who want to know about that topic. So can you just tell uh, our audience exactly, you know, what you do as the student loan doctor? So with the student loan doctor, we help people tackle their student loan debt. Um, and the challenge is, can you hear that? I can't. Okay, let's stop. One second. Hold on. Okay. Give me a second. I need to put this uh, computer. My team needs to know I'm taping. Hold on. Give me a second. Um, how do I do this? Mm-mm. Do you know how to put a Mac on Do Not Disturb? <laughs> uh, is it the phone that's ringing? Yeah. Is it like your FaceTime and all that stuff or whatever? You know, oh, I found it. I found it. Here we go. Got it. Um, do Not Disturb from everyone. Okay. It's a little icon one. Okay. Yeah, it looks good. Okay. Um... Let's see, that should work. Okay, we're good. All right. Okay, let's start again. Thank you. I'm sorry about that. All right. So, Sonia Lewis, thank you so much for being here on Girls Leap. Can you tell us exactly what you do as a student loan doctor? 
Absolutely. So the student loan doctor, we help people tackle their student loan debt. Um, people will come to us with questions regarding their payments. They have questions regarding home buying, um, how it's impacting their credit. And so we try to find, you know, personalized solutions for everyone's student loan debts, um, whether it's small or super, super uh, huge, uh, we can help them tackle it. Um, and the ideas that we may provide may be conventional or unconventional, it just depends on um, what they're looking to do and the time in which they're looking to tackle the student loans. Mm -hmm. Usually um, with the student loans, you have a repayment plan, but your your monthly payment is super high, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you think about it, you have all these millennials who are out of uh, school right now, right? They out of college, they can't buy homes, they can't buy anything because mm -hmm. they have high student loan debt. How can they start to actually tackle that and start to live this American dream where you feel like you have this big burden on you, especially if you went to graduate school or something and took a loan out? So a couple of things. If someone's listening to your podcast prior to graduating, you know, can't stress this enough, even if they're making payments on just the interest will help the payment when they're leaving school. Then the second part about it is that if they are, leaving college or graduate school, we wanna make sure that there's a job in place or jobs, plural, in place that can help someone tackle their student loan debt, but also bring in extra income so that they can live above the required amount. But then the thing is, when we talk about people going back to grad school, that's a really big one for us because that's who most of our clients are. That's they right. have graduate level debt, six-figure debt. Um, you know, the grad school, you should only be going, and this is my personal opinion, um, if there is a return on investment. Mm -hmm. So we don't want to go just, you know, to have a master's like another purse. Like that's a lot of times what we see. It, it would not make sense to go into debt 60,000 more and only make $1 more at work. Wow. And that's a lot of times what we see because people want the title and the, you know, the MBA or the MED but then they get $1 extra. Like you can go to the library for that. You don't have to take a whole paid course. And so we have to be careful. And then the other thing is a lot of people will go back to grad school and take the refund check because you're still trying to figure mm -hmm. out how to live, right? That's true. So then you're taking that extra money unsubsidized and you're living, you might be taking some vacations. I don't know, it's your business. But at the end of the day, when it comes back to having to make that payment, that payment is the size of a rent payment or a mortgage payment. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. and, and also, you know, you think about it, um, at least in my era, when I was in school, I got out in 02 mm -hmm. and then I went straight to graduate school um, because it was, I won't say that the job market wasn't really, you know, uh, um, um, that viable where you can go and get a job at the time right mm -hmm. and if it was you're just coming out of college so your your salary is <laughs> you know it, it's nothing you're probably making and start an elementary level where you still won't be able to afford your rent and all this stuff right yeah. so a lot of kids especially i know me we opted to just hey we're going to stay in school get a graduate degree and, you know, we come out of school, you have more debt, but then now you do uh, get that job. It's still elementary, right? Mm -hmm. And you saying to yourself, well, how in the world am I going to actually live? 
how does the student loan kind of uh, system work? Because most of us don't know. All we know is this is the money that we can use to stay in school. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, the student loan system in itself, um, it's not very user friendly and, and not going to set most people up to win. Most people are going to fail. And so while I'm grateful that the money is there for people to go back to school, um, it is a modern day ball and chain. Mm. Because there's not a lot of education on the front end of how to borrow wisely. It makes it very difficult to put limits in place or for people to understand how to use the money. And the, and the other thing is too, we have to remember by who's most settled with student loan debt, African-Americans. Absolutely, women, absolutely. African-American men, particularly our women because we see them going to school and um, finishing college, finishing grad school at a higher rate than our gentlemen, but then also borrowing more. And men and women are just designed differently when it comes to money in any case. So the thing is, if we also realize who also is using this money for school, mm -hmm. let's say it's an African-American student, um, maybe they, their family is just above the poverty line in most cases or at the poverty line. Most of the they, time it is. So you get to school and we don't have conversations enough about what school to choose that's most affordable because we frown upon community college where we should mostly be going or state colleges. And we wanna to go to the private institutions and the HBCUs. And I love my HBCUs, but I don't love the funding that's given or mm -hmm. lack thereof, right? And mm -hmm. it's sometimes no fault of their own. But then what happens is long story short, we see children leaving college with mortgage level debt and it puts them behind the eight ball to be a productive citizen to keep up with their white counterparts. Mm -hmm. And so it's a challenge because while we think we are encouraging our students and our children to go to school and be all that they can be, we're actually putting them behind in society when we don't encourage them to have a well thought out financial plan. Well, you know, Sonia, one, you're not taught, right? The mm -hmm. second thing is most of the time your family doesn't know. Mm -mm. And then when you get to the school, the school says, well, this is how much you qualify for, right? right? And they give you that little, uh, the little paper and mm -hmm. they tell you, if you want to be able to go here, here is uh, uh, what your financial aid looks like. Mm -hmm. And you are looking at the numbers. You have no education mm -hmm. on financing. So you say, okay, what I got to do? And then they give you this paper, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then you sign the paper and then you figure out, oh, it's a loan that you got to pay back. What happens if you do an extra year, right? And you got to borrow more because most of the time you don't graduate in four, right. it's usually in five, right? Mm -hmm. And so now you're out, like you said, you with this mortgage level debt, you're not sure on what you need to do. And you still haven't got past the financial literacy part, mm -hmm. right? So now you're getting all this paperwork in the mail mm -hmm. about what you owe, the percentages, the forgiveness, everything, right? Which I want you to talk about because once you leave and you get that first payment, mm -hmm. it comes like a big old stack in the mail, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. they say, hey, this is the loan that you borrowed. This is exactly the amount. And, and, and if you need more time to delay for six months or 12 months, sign this paper. Does that put more uh, interest on that loan? 
Is that a good thing to do? Like when you first come out and you can defer, 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 is that good for uh, uh, students who are getting out of school to do? Is it beneficial? Well, it's only good if the person needs to utilize it so that they don't go behind or go in default. It's not good in the sense of capitalizing interest. And so a lot of lenders will allow you to uh, defer for 36 months before that deferment runs out. So that's called general forbearance. Mm -hmm. And so like, you know, leaving the pandemic kind of still in it, um, that was what's called administrative forbearance. That's when the government says, this is what we'll give you. But general forbearance is when you decide on your own to say, hey, I, I can't afford this payment. And then there are other options as well. But when someone is pushing it off because they don't know better or know how to tackle it or don't understand income-driven repayment plans, the loan accrues. And it could have started off as a $5,000 loan, but now by the time school is done and pushing the back some, now it's 10000 wow. So it just makes it harder to get on top of these loan payments. Um, so the challenge is you know, making sure that there, the employment piece is there, making sure that we do... Um, teach our young people when they finish school, um, before going into grad school, about financial literacy, understanding how to budget, understanding how to manage credit. Because what's going to happen is um, people are going to graduate and they're going to have like what I call the I deserve syndrome. And I get it because you've worked really hard in school. You've got this degree. You should, you should have arrived. Yep. But the challenge is, is now you're going into an apartment that's overpriced. Now you're going into car notes and things of that nature that's overpriced. And we don't want to see people kind of burden in that situation. Um, it's challenging to see people. It's kind of like a train wreck. Like, you know, it's coming. Like, because right. financial literacy, to be really honest with you, is something that people have to be open to. When you didn't grow up with it at home, and I'm speaking from experience, mm -hmm. it's not important until it becomes important. Absolutely. I'm speaking from experience, too. So, <laughs> yeah. So before the student loan doctor, the probably a few years before, I had several jobs, you know, with all these degrees, and I was just so tired. I worked every day from like nine to 10, literally Monday through Friday, and then on the weekends, because I was trying to dig myself out of this hole. And that's not a good quality of life. No. So- but again, some people won't learn until they're in it for themselves. So hopefully if somebody's listening, they won't put themselves in that much debt or burden. And there are so many ways to learn now that you can get certifications um, and you can you know, learn and research on your own and jobs respect that just as much as a degree. Right. And literally I have a friend who decided he didn't wanna make 50,000 anymore. So he studied, I wanna say something in IT and I don't wanna quote it incorrectly, but he was self-taught at the Philadelphia library. Mm -hmm. 30 days later, this is what men do, right? He goes out and applies. Guess how much he got a job offer for 30 days later? Cause he's self-taught. I mean, he locked in for 30 days. 110,000. 250,000. Wow. So he literally made a jump, a $200,000 jump because he studied and locked in. And he told the truth at the interview. He said, listen, I have degrees in X, Y, and Z, not in this field. I'm self-taught. Um, but what I learned in my master's is that if I could do boom, 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 I could do this. Yeah. And, I, and then I think he took a, a like a seven-day online certification or something like that. Wow. So that alone, and I think it's because he also had a degree. So, you know, he was a candidate in which they would look at, but it just goes to show you, you don't have to 
over borrow or tax yourself when there are other opportunities that you can make available to yourself too. And I'm thinking that's where we're going. Cause Sonia, mm-hmm. you look at it, these kids because of the pandemic and everything, mm-hmm. you know, are behind. So mm-hmm. you have a lot of companies who are coming up with certification programs and different oh, yeah. programs where they're like, okay, we're going to have to show and tell you our way in order to get you on board. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we have to help with the education gap that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Especially with the pandemic too. Yeah. But yeah. I would ask, what happens when you default on a, on a loan? Those people who, yeah. you know, can't pay and, you know, are running from these student loan people. Mm-hmm. How does that affect them? Well, depending on when this airs, if it's before October 2021, they need to get it together and clean up ASAP because they're not collecting right now on defaulted loans and they're actually being very agreeable to those that have defaulted um, like a fresh start, if you will, but they have to call and get enrolled in the program, like kind of like no questions asked. So this is the best time to get cleaned up for any loans that would have defaulted. Mm -hmm. Um, The challenge is when somebody defaults a second time. So if they've defaulted a second time, um, the best thing that they can do is clean up their credit, dispute it, get it off of their credit, so it's not showing the very least in their credit, um, get their credit score up to a 700 FICO. And depending on how much they owe, maybe take a personal loan and pay off that defaulted loan. Because once it defaults a second time, it's a permanent default until it's paid in full wow. or settled. But nine times out of 10 paid in full because it, it gets really tricky. That, they, that second default, they're like not going to work with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and not many people second default, but the only time that really happens is because you didn't understand the severity of the payment plan that first time around. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And so now everybody is praising President Biden about mm-hmm. he's canceling uh, student loan debt and hopefully, you know, everyone will be out the clear as far as their debt and they'll be able to have more money. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about what that whole thing is about to kind of clear up all of these rumors. Is he paying off student loan debt where you just walking out straight free from everything from your debt? Paying off is a strong word. now. <laughs> um, if you owe under 50,000, maybe. So let me just say this, cause I don't, I'm not a Debbie Dowd. I'm very much an optimist. Yeah. Um, I am excited for what Biden and his administration is doing. Um, Elizabeth Warren, uh, Chuck Schumer. This is um, unprecedented times where people actually care about student loan debt. Like that's like never happened. So I don't even allow negativity on my page when people say, "Oh no, like I don't. Why couldn't they do 100k? You know, like child, be quiet. Take the 50 and shut up. Like right, right, you know, right. because nobody cared about this 10 or 50 thousand like ever before. But now, and so what, what's going to happen? In my opinion, they're already laying the groundwork. I just talked about this online the other day, and I was saying how they just implemented the tax-free plan. So when the 50,000 hits your account, you would not get a tax bill later saying you owe taxes on that forgiven debt like normal, right? Right. So that's the that's the thing that I'm excited about. So all these little things are happening. And I would say we need to watch the framework that's being put in place. That just passed the other day. Now Biden's talking to the Secretary of Education. Under the Higher Education Act of uh, 1965, I want to say Section 432A, it is already in law that 
Biden doesn't even have to go through the ringer of the House and the and the Senate and literally him and Miguel, right? Mm-hmm. Secretary Miguel, those two together can sign student loan debt away. Now, what the ramifications may be, how would that make people feel on either party? That's what Biden's trying to tiptoe, and he's having a meeting with the Secretary of Education now to figure out. But it's already law. Does that make sense? It does. So this is the first time that a president is actually sitting down and considering implementing that at whatever amount. And we know that to be true because the presentation that Elizabeth Warren and Chuck Schumer had just did, they basically said, when the money comes through, you wouldn't be held liable. Okay. So we're basically waiting to see more of how the student loan debt situation will actually work out. Right. Yeah, and I'm excited because this is the first time in a long time that anybody's ever seriously talked about it. Well, because in the reports, in financial reports, and you're looking at uh, how we get millennials to really get out there and and survive and work, the Mm -hmm. biggest hurdle is student loan debt. They're not buying houses anymore. That's why there's so many apartments, right? They're not, they're opting out and saying, hey, I can't afford it. I really can't. You're not playing in the bigger economy. That's right. You're not buying the real estate. You're not doing anything. You're renting. Uh, you're, you know, you're relying on Uber Eats and, and all this stuff. Like the, right. the whole lifestyle is changing. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, okay, well, let's go ahead and lift up the burden of student loan debt to see if they can qualify for more houses, mm-hmm. see if they can mm-hmm. get better credit. So that they can actually, you know, have this American dream because they can't right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I'm excited because I think that it's not only going to help millennials, but it's going to help African-American people, too. Absolutely. Um, you know, I'm here for that because <laughs> I, I serve and talk to. Um, and when I say I, my team serves mm-hmm. and talk to majority African-American women, millennial age through 65. And mm-hmm. it's the number one debt that saddles. Um, women. And I think that we want to see more Black women become homeowners. Absolutely. Um, you know, just in in numbers, Black women already do take care of their household absent of a man or a father figure, right? Mm-hmm. So the need for housing is great. And housing and family and apartments, that just is not a great quality of life. Um, and so then you have mom returning back to school, or maybe mom had went to school. Most time we see moms returning to school, that trend is up. But then now we're, we're affecting her debt to income ratio for eligibility for home buying. But mom had to go back to school because mom needed to get the degree to get the salary. Does that make sense? It so does. It goes in circles and circles and circles. And then when we talk about mom breaking the student loan debt chain, um, it becomes near impossible because mom can't afford to pay for a child's college because mom is still paying for hers. And so we're going to see the cycle continue and repeat itself. However, I do believe, you know, with uh, platforms such as yours and mine, um, financial literacy, you know, it's just taken so for granted because if we're having these conversations, no, maybe um, for the baby's first birthday, we don't, you know, um, rent the camel or something. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe we start a 529 birthday plan and everybody brings a $20 bill and we start building up little Ray Ray's college fund. You know, so just having that conversation ahead of time and in a safe space to do so, because we don't want to make people feel dumb 
or like, you know, ashamed that they don't know. But we do have to get to a place where we hold each other accountable because social media has been the greatest um, tool that we all have ever received if you know how to use it wisely. There are a lot of people that have a lot of information that just share information, you know, my guy for free, you know, so you just have to learn how to tune in and who to listen to and then make the best decisions most appropriately too. So, um, so yeah, I'm excited. I I feel like there's a good shift coming. I'm excited to be a part of that shift. Um, It's funny when I started my platform um, I went Instagram live. I would have five or 10 people. I remember those days and I would just talk to my five or 10 people. I mean, I, I like, I knew my name. Yeah. And now, just the other day, I'm looking at IG Live. We were at 700 people. That's right. Because people want to know that we're waking up, you know? Yeah, I said, yeah. since the last election, Sonia, mm-hmm. there has been this shift of people wanting to know more, mm-hmm. you know, uh, how they can uh, get more financial literacy. How can they better their lives, right? And I know at that time, it was because they didn't like the current administration and it was against the administration. But now you're just hoping that they keep that energy and they keep it moving and and know and understand just how wealth works. So Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm so happy that you're doing what you're doing. But tell us how we can actually find you on your platforms so that we can get this uh, nice, juicy information and be a part of that 700 that's on your uh, that's on your social media. Yeah, so um, the website is drpleasehelpme.com. Um, I think that's a great place to start if you're trying to figure out, like, do I need some professional help, some one-on-one help? And then the next step would be our social media. We have so much fun on Instagram. Um, I, I always say drop yourself off there and just look through the information and the IGTVs. I do a lot of free classes um, and that name is the student loan doctor as well. Um, we do a little activity on Twitter and YouTube, but I would say the website and the Instagram probably is our biggest component. Then we have like a lot of programs which you can text and opt into if you want to be uh, kept abreast of upcoming and current events. And then we have our live events that we're going to be starting back up. I'm a little nervous about that coming through these COVID times. Um, but I think if we interact with each other safely and with great distance, um, it would be okay because I know just the need and wanting to connect with each other would be helpful. Um, but then just also just staying connected and tune into platforms such as yourself. I really appreciate the opportunity and the interview because um, you know I get a chance to reach new people. Um, and then I always say, you know, don't don't persuade anybody. They they know it. The name is the student loan doctor. You know, if you need some help, you know what you need help in. <laughs> it's very complicated. So right. drop yourself off. Leave your uh, shame baggage at the door. Nobody's judging you, but you do need to jump in and immerse yourself. And um, I'm really grateful that we've created such a really nice community. I feel like it's like a nice safe space for people. Um, and you can see people getting to know each other in the comments. It's, it's the funniest thing. Like, hey, girl, I see you on here again. You know, right. because you can't talk to your friends and family sometimes about this. Like, girl, did you know I owe 100000 What did you go to school for? You only make it 40 a year, you know? Right. And you, you don't want that in your personal life. So I think the, the platform creates an opportunity for people to not be judged, to dig themselves out, figure it out, get their credit up, you know? And when your money is good, you are good. You're a better mom. You're a better wife, a girlfriend, co-worker, business owner. When the money is funny, so is the attitude. Right. <laughs> and you know, everything else that comes with it. So 
Um, we're just moving to a culture where the money don't have to be funny. So you can be your best self because you're not going to be your best self, um, your most uh, gracious self or, you know, um, your most inspired self broke, to be quite honest. I've never seen that. You can't be inspiring um, or a good giver broke. So you have to work on these things. Um, if you have some real goals and you, you know, you want to impact change and particularly if you have family, you have somebody looking up to you, a little one that you want to change their narrative. So you've got to change your narrative first. So um, all good things are coming. Um, I feel I'm very excited and optimistic about 2021. 2020 was just such a like a blah year, like gray, the color gray. Right. Like, you know, like I, I feel really good about 2021 um, and what's to come from it and, and what people are going to benefit from it financially. Mm -hmm. Sonia, thank you so much for being here. Ladies, that is the student loan doctor. I want you to go ahead and check out her website and I want you to check out her Instagram and we're going to leave everything um, that she is doing on, a, on our website. And I'm just so happy that you were able to join us this evening and I appreciate you. Yes, thank you for having me. Absolutely. And we'll see you soon. Okay. See you soon. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Girls Leap. Remember to subscribe to our podcast and visit our website, girlsleap.com, where you can find more amazing content and tips to grow your business. If you're interested in 10Xing your business, join our Girls Leap membership program to connect with our expert coaches. Until next time, thanks for listening.